Have you ever listened to a sermon or read a Bible and then you go, wait, I don't know how that works. And you start to have these doubts in your head, but you don't want to tell anyone because, hey, a good Christian shouldn't have doubts, right? Welcome to our new episode of our ICF podcast, and we will find out how one of our members in our community deal with that. I'm your host. My name is Joanne. We are a community of people coming from different parts of the world and are living now in Germany. And we are big fans of Jesus. We hope to connect with the people in our community better through this podcast. And we also hope that through our conversation and our story, we can learn from each other, whether it be in our Christian faith or just about life here in Germany. Our guest today is very, very dear to both me and my husband, Mike. He quickly became one of our closest friends here. Reason being that he has just this ability to be super silly and in the next second he can discuss the deepest theological questions with you so i really don't know how we can make this podcast short today i can listen to him talk for three days and i don't want to stop so well, let's see how we do today our guest today is amos welcome to our show Thank you so much, John. It's it's a pleasure to be here. I'm 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 glad you mentioned first of all silly before you mentioned listening to me for three days because I think a lot a lot of times a lot of the questions and also the conversations start off like that and they just find themselves going down and we we sort of like seem to spiral down a rabbit hole with deep questions and and conversations. So it's always been a pleasure and and I've loved sitting down with both you and Mike over dinners and just conversation. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. All right, Amos, let's just get it out there. You have some news for us. So just let's just rip off the band-aid. What do you want to tell us? I think this is one of the harder parts of this podcast, as much as I think we're going to have very interesting conversations today. And and as you said, Joan, this is a community that is so wide and broad and international. And we've all met through one thing, through our, our fondness and our love for Christ. And, and, and as a community, that's how we actually connected. It's unfortunate that I will be leaving Nuremberg in, in the next one month for personal career growth and opportunities. And I'll be leaving Nuremberg and moving to Dusseldorf. So I guess one thing that I love about this podcast, maybe let me start off with what I love about all of this is the fact that we'll still be connected. And I think if it's either me being in Düsseldorf and the rest of the community being in Nuremberg, we'll always stay in touch. I think through the conversations we're having, through the podcasts and through the sermons and through the meetings, uh, there's always a way to connect the network. And I'd like to think of it as, as a positive and not relish in how much I will be missing all of you and especially the silly conversations between Joanne and Mike. I hate you. I hate you for leaving. Can't believe you're leaving us. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for sharing your, your updates and we, we sure will miss you. I for sure will sh miss many of our deep conversations and, and just your advice and your input. So thank you for, for sharing your time with us, even though you're busy looking for new places, new apartments and getting ready for a new adventure. Amos, one of the reasons why I, I enjoy talking to you so much is that you seem to have a deep knowledge in just about everything. And at the same time, you're also so honest about not knowing the answer to everything, uh, especially when it comes down to your Christian faith. So I think you always say, how do you call it? You're always deconstructing your faith so that you can build it up again. Tell me more about that. Tell me how you stay so strong in your faith, doesn't matter where you are, and yet having these unresolved doubts and questions in the back of your mind. So how do you deal with that? Yeah. Uh, thank you so much uh, 
Uh, I think first things first, let, let's get one thing out there. I do not know. N- now that we're talking about DAO, I have a lot of times what we have, I'm going to be maybe probably sharing or what we'll be talking about is is entirely mostly how I feel about things. And I think a lot of times uh, we, we, we maybe might be looking for uh, quotes or justifications to explain our thoughts. I intrinsically believe it starts with who we are as individuals and how we feel so that we might be able to also then connect with others and connect with our spiritual faith. So having said that, I think from the get-go, from as we start this conversation, a lot a lot of what maybe what I'll be saying is very much just how I feel about things and, and things that I've learned as, as I've gone through the journey of my Christian faith. Maybe a little bit of a backstory about my I mean, kind of like upbringing because I think this is a f- foundational and fundamental to to who I am and to to kind of like how I find myself in this place of doubt, faith, doubt, faith, and this continuous cycle almost of, of growth or deconstruction and reconstruction as uh, Father Richard Rowe would put it. My, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor uh, and uh, within the Lutheran church and, and my mom is a stern believer. So I was really very much raised within the church. And considering that, I also went to seminaries, schools for my high school and O-level back in Tanzania. So considering that I've always had Bible knowledge classes, I had divinity classes for two years in high school and, and things like that. And this is very much learning a lot of the details of the Bible and the Old Testament and, and the New Testament and the breaking down the Gospels, the four Gospels, what are the differences between the Gospels and things like that. So I think that really set the foundation of my faith. And that really is what got me started, I'd say, within my Christian journey, more or less. However, at a certain point of time, as you grow up, as you sort of like, I'd say, go into then university and, and as you go into your career and life, you 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 leave this confinement of what you've always known. Maybe call it a safe space of like where you have your parents and, and your community that has always sort of like uh, cemented what you have known. And now all of a sudden you find yourself in a space whereby it's more or less you and your choices, you and your decisions. And once we get into such a space, I think that's where you find yourself. That's where the beginning of questions and doubt started for me. And yeah, so as the, as I went through that phase and through that process, part of that challenge was then initially thinking of doubt. And every time I thought, how can that be even true? How can, wait a second, book of Genesis, seven days at this? Well, does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. And that's doubt, right? And then at the beginning, you think of it as a negative. And that takes you to very much of a place whereby you start saying, oh, wait a second, is my faith even strong enough? Am I believing the right thing? Or if I'm doubting, there's something wrong with me. I need to repent and profess full faith and full knowing of who God is and 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 everything that's in the Bible is correct and right and true. And that's it. And and I think that's sort of like where I've been jumping both between these two spaces between my faith and, and, and doubt in itself. And that's kind of like where my journey has started. And I think that's how most of us, most Christians feel. And that is that it's black and white. You either have faith or you doubt. And when you doubt, that means you're not faithful. And we have this, this view. Yeah, there's two views. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, I studied science and in physics, there is this uh, concept of elasticity whereby, for example, a rubber band, when you pull a rubber band and you let go, it goes back to its normal form. However, there is this kind of like point of quote unquote point of no return, sort of like point of elasticity, whereby if you stretch it too much, it loses its tension and it doesn't, it, it can't go back to its original form. It either rips or it deforms itself. And I think if you think about it that way, being able to manage the tension between faith and doubt is one thing that we first of all have to admit 
that exists within our faiths, whereby we don't always walk straight, strictly and strongly with pure faith and believing that we know everything that's there. That's kind of like the first step, I'd say, kind of like the understanding that that exists. And as you said, Joanne, right, within our Christian journey, pretty much everyone would go through that. I think then what sort of like becomes the second point to that is now, do you view that as a bad thing of saying, oh, I doubt that's a bad thing? Or do you view that as one in the other, that faith and doubt exist, coexist, and that it's not bad, but it's part of faith and it's part of the process. And without it, faith is not complete and 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 doubt in itself also is it doesn't make sense so so i'd say that's sort of like the second step whereby you you sort of like start asking those questions and you need to be able to to get to that point and yeah and start living with that tension that exists you said without doubt your faith is not complete i really like that because i think not so many of us see it that way Tell me more about how doubts helped you actually develop your faith. So when you think about the questions that we inherently ask when, say, for example, when a kid is growing up and they see something and they ask the parents, hey, uh, why is that the way it is? Right. And the parents give them an answer. And sometimes kids ask questions whereby parents have no answers for. And it's like, oh, OK, what do I tell them? And I think if I look at it from a childlike character, I view my relationship and my faith and my relationship with Christ in a similar way, whereby I have questions and these questions aren't intended to to make me feel distant from God. But these questions are intended to help me further seek uh, God and seek Christ and seek the relationship uh, that I have with him. Once you start viewing it that from that way, those questions become almost complementary question to building your faith. So, for instance, if we start asking, let's go back to the example of, of Genesis, for example, whereby you start questioning evolution, did evolution happen seven days? It must be literal. It happened in seven days and evolution. How do I deal with that? How do I reconcile that? Do I fully blown out and say, no, I can't believe this anymore and all that stuff. So that doubt takes you to a route whereby you start reading, you start having conversations, you start talking. It opens your heart to to possibilities of, of learning and, and potentially opening up your heart to a place whereby God can give you that information. It's also a place of contemplation because then you, you find yourself in a place whereby you meditate about these things. And I think meditation is such a foundational part of, of our faith journey. So by doing this process of constantly questioning necessarily doubting you don't necessarily lose yourself but it gives you an opportunity to then also actually seek more and as you seek you you find yourself deeper in faith and 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 deeper in what you actually believe and there are also a lot of stories in the bible i'd say that reflect on that and that actually show us that picture for instance if we think about thomas right doubting thomas i mean he carries that in his name so he sees christ and he's like i, I want to be able to see that and he sees it and well we know what happened to him he ended up being one of the greatest apostles that we know of and he's even referred to as the saint of india since his ministry was a lot there or even even the bigger ones that we talk about when we think about abraham when he was told his wife sarah was still gonna uh, carry a child and he laughed about it like <laughs> wait a second that is doubt you know that's part of doubt. And we tend to forget that all these characters that we so much want to emulate and learn from, actually they did doubt also within their journeys and their experiences and interactions. And I can't remember a place whereby God was angry and smited them for doubting it. I think more so what I see is lessons learned and, and experiences and faith 
made stronger. Every time that has happened, Thomas became stronger, but Abraham became stronger in his faith. Job became stronger in what he believed through when he went through his trials and the like. So through that process, you can see how much faith and doubt are part of each other. That's so profound that doubt actually is a vehicle to help us draw deeper in our meditation to understanding who God is. If we just allow ourselves to doubt. I really like what you said there. Can you tell us, if you're willing, what are some of the things that you're wrestling with? Yeah, absolutely. I think from big small, from big things to small things. And I, I, I love sharing things. I think, I think, especially when we think about the community that we have within ICF, it's a perfect community for people to share their doubts. So I think this is a good starting point to also just share that within our podcast. Uh, so let me start off with maybe the smaller things before I move on to, to the bigger, more kind of like <laughs> uh, yeah, spiritual doubts that I might have. For instance, I just shared that I get have a new job. I move into a new city. Was that the right choice and decision for me, not just career-wise, but also spiritually? Is this the right place to me be in? I question that and I doubt that, you know, and maybe because externally, the choice doesn't look like necessarily the best choice, but at the same time, something in, in, within me tells me that's the right place to be. I think, how do I go through that doubt from a spiritual context? You sit down, you meditate, you talk to friends and 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 mentors, and and they then give you the advice. And based on that advice, you give yourself time to pray and think about it, and make a choice and a decision for it, hoping and always then believing. And knowing, and this is where the faith comes in, knowing that that Christ has you, irrespective of what happens. So that would be an example of that's one of the doubts I currently have. One of the more uh, Christian spiritual doubts, if you want to put it that way, and I think the different arguments for this is I've I lost my my. Uh, for most of you, you might know that I lost my father uh, two years ago, and that has made me think a lot about heaven, the idea of heaven, and the the idea of seeing him again and, and the desire of seeing him again. And I think I think once you pass and you start thinking about the last conversation you have with your loved ones and 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 what was the last thing you said to them and all that stuff. And then there's this faith and hope that you have that, oh, I want to see him again. But then at this other time, you start questioning this idea of what is this heaven, right? Well, well what does this heaven place look like? What does it mean? Is it literally a place that we are gonna go to is it a construct was was christ talking in in an actual location or was christ talking in a context of here the here and now only and and i think th these are valid questions to have and these are questions that that i'm struck that i'm holding in tension between my faith and, and the element of doubt, right? Because then it's this thing that I wonder is how do we deal with this and how do we live with this? So yeah, so I think that th that's one of those spiritual questions that I'm still in tension with. So you mentioned before your studies in divinity, in your education anchors you in your faith. What are other anchors that you have? Uh, the other anchors that I have is, so I'll talk about kind of like anchors and then also practice because I think practice is also very important. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. So from an anchor perspective, when I read the Bible and I read, um, if it's either through the Bible schools that I went, uh, that I went through in high school and the like and divinity in, 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 in form five and six, when you read the stories of the different characters in the Bible from Abraham, from Adam and Eve, their lives, I see part of me in them through their stories. When I look at Job, I see 
part of me in him when he struggles with everything taken away from him, with laws, with sudden laws and anger. When I look at, at Abraham, I see a little bit of me in the context of being asked to just have faith and move to a place where I, maybe you feel like, oh, this is my calling and this is something that I should be doing. Because of that, then the Bible has become almost like a playbook or almost like a guidebook of life stories whereby I see, I can read about these characters and their lives and I can learn from what they've done and I can learn from how they have dealt with these things. And I've said a lot about Job, Abraham. I mean, even even this smaller prophets such as Amos, which is not my name. <laughs> but yeah, so for, for instance, even with Amos, when you read his story, his story was all about the poor and the rich and his battle and his message to the rich that you can't keep on doing this. That was his basic message. And what do I learn from that now? How can I learn from who Amos was and his character to, to stand bold and talk against, to defend the poor in that context of what he did? Or you go to the New Testament and, and, and some characters in the New Testament and you learned so much from all of them. And that's really what's grounded me in it. Now comes the practice part. The practice part is really the living part, right? I think faith that's not been lived is just faith that's there, that's not experienced. So it's critical to live it then also. Now the practical part is how do in my life practice all these things and engage that and make sure that I keep on growing. So for instance, reading the scriptures on a daily basis, I have different sources or uh, medita meditational resources that I get on my email and my inbox every day. Uh, some of them are diverse from different areas. So some of them are from the Catholic church. <laughs> They're not even from, from our own church, but it's meditative resources that I read. And I think maybe to just mention one thing, I think it's important also as, as Christians, for us to, to understand our foundation and to also be ready to understand that there's so much to learn across the different traditions that we have. It's always gonna be a context of holding things in tension, but, but Christianity is such a rich, has such a rich tradition across different denominations and things like that. It's important to learn what to grasp and what to have doubt on and, and, and what to question. And I think that's what I've been doing as part of my practice, being willing and being open to read and, and to question and necessarily not taking everything that's that's given to you in, in word and as is. And then uh, the third part, as I mentioned early on, contemplation and meditation. So find time for yourself whereby you contemplate, you sit down and you are ready to ask these questions in your head. Find time. I most of the time do that in the evening, either when you go for a walk or things like that, whereby you give yourself time to be able to think through this thing, to contemplate and to meditate and to and to simply just then on the fourth part, pray on these things. I think prayer is a foundational component of how we relate and, and interact with uh, with Christ and, and our and our father. And I think uh, as we as we pray, we then find ways of bringing all these other practice areas into union. And then finally, one that I think I should have done more when I was in Nuremberg is just finding community, finding other people to talk to and being able to interact and engage with them in these conversations. It's the dinners that you, Joanne and Mike and I have had <laughs> over the conversations. It's the the coffees I've had with Rachel. <laughs> it's uh, 
yeah, it's it's the conversations I've had with Gerhard. It's all these different conversations with different people and just being able to openly talk about them. So I think that would be, uh, those would be the things of practice that I would put into, yeah, that I personally practice and I can recommend. Such great and practical advice too. And I would love how you say, be open-minded because learning and reading about other perspectives is not going to only give you doubts, but on the contrary, you're saying helps you actually develop your faith to make it more solid as well. And and I really like what you said that also, especially for many of us, we're in a foreign place or we're outside of your of our comfort zone or normal support group or whatever you call it then these questions come up and the there are more opportunities to question things and it's important to like what you said just keep on praying be in the community focus yourself in the in what the bible like how you can relate to the different characters in the bible and things like that yeah that was very helpful for me and so almost do you have any other resources that help us I, i love your suggestions of just reading other meditation devotional materials do, do you have any recommendations for us yeah so there are, there are a couple of quotes maybe i can share i think uh i've been very much just talking from my personal experience and personal perspective but i think quotes from people that i've been reading about so there is this guy called brian d mclaren he wrote this book called uh faith after doubt why your beliefs stop working and what to do about it and he has this quote whereby he says you actually need this purgation and unknowing to prepare you for a new depth of living knowing and loving for me this summarizes everything pretty much about this idea of holding both faith and and doubt intention and them being one in the other because without unknowing without admitting that we don't know we find ourselves in a very egoistic place and when we find ourselves in a very egoistic place then we will not know anymore and then we will fail to love properly because then we assume we know and loving doesn't become part of who we are and then also our lives seem to be then complete if you know everything in the faith context then what's the context of living anymore right and i think this idea of faith and thou is the very definition of what living is and what having a christian life is and what and that pushes us towards more knowing and more loving and talking about the whole context of hope faith and love i think also in, in the icf context there without doubt then what is that to hopeful because then predominantly the reason why we hope something is going to happen is because we don't know <laughs> because we, we we basically hope that we arrive when and the strongest of these is is love if if you already know everything How much do you really have any love left to give? Because a lot of times when we do not know, we find ourselves being pushed to a place of wanting to engage and interact with the other and wanting to 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 open up and, and love the, with the other. It goes back to this point of the ego. If we are not willing to break down our egos and admit that there's so much that we don't know, then then our hearts are full and then we, we, we don't have any space left for the other and the like. So you're saying if someone's, I don't have any doubts in the faith, then that person is really saying, I know everything God is doing. I know God. And like you said, it's this egoistic way of expressing that, hey, I know everything. I'm God. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah. Basically, you find yourself in a place whereby why why would I need to know? Like, And uh, in, Isaiah, in Isaiah 55, uh, chapter 55, 8, 9, it says, my thoughts are not my thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As high, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so my ways are beyond your ways, 
and my thoughts are beyond your thoughts. We will never be able to think and have the thoughts and be in the ways of God. That's that's God telling Isaiah that my thoughts are not our thoughts. And as I as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways beyond our ways. So who are we to know? We know fully know. Who are we to say we we fully have it? Right. And I think God wants us to be able to balance out and have both faith and doubt intention, because that's also how we find relationship with him. And that's how we find ourselves always uh, being pulled back into into and into his arms and into into relationship with Christ. What did I tell you guys? We can listen to him for days, right? <laughs> I'm not lying. Thank you so much. I You opened up my mind again, just like all the other conversations. I've, I've learned so much and it makes me think and I'm going to listen to this podcast again and again. Hey, thank you so much, Amos, for being our guest today. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, your journey. I hope we can get you back sometime and uh, back to this show and see how you're doing as well in your new adventure. Thank you so much, Joan. It's been such a delight talking to you over this again and, and just being able to share this. Yeah. And thank you so much for, for having me. I think as again, I'm still doubting <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm believing more so than ever. So I hope everyone can 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 hold both of those intentions too. And now I'm glad I can say I'm also doubting too. <laughs> so let's doubt together. Thank you. It's a treat, really a treat for us. This podcast is produced by Fred and I'm your host again. My name is Joanne. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow us for more interviews and stories from our community. Thank you and I'll see you next time. <laughs>